Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back for the third episode in the second season of The Bear, entitled Sunday, written by Karen Joseph Adcock and Catherine Shatina, directed by Joanna Kahlo. Another good episode. I really enjoy the music. There was a lot of it, but it felt in theme with what the characters, particularly Sydney, and her mind space was at. So I was very appreciative of that because it added inspiration to the scenes, but not too much as far as any conflict, which is great, uh, or anything like that is going on with such a short time frame but we see the buildup of that and it begins with where our two partners are at mentally and how neither confronting their own insecurities in said partnership is going to lead to conflict it's very much hit home this episode that having a strong partnership is detriment not detrimental but essential there we go but can be detrimental if it's not strong to a successful enterprise it's not so much about the food even though we begin with a palate cleanser so to speak our understanding of the restaurant world from a viewpoint if you are someone who isn't as you know versed on exactly what it means to be in that particular enterprise but i like that they highlighted everyone can cook everyone can bring something to the table that's delicious but it's more about the partnership and it's also about your customer service your staff these are the important elements that elevate you from everyone else from the competition and you need something to set you apart from the competition i like that she really got and talked to other people to get the experience of what she's kind of getting herself into and putting it once again upon her shoulders to make sure goes smoothly but that's getting a little bit too ahead of ourselves in how these two people handle their new goal that they both want together, but have not really had much communication despite how well they communicate or understand each other about the interpersonal things going on. Before we jump into the recap, wherever you listen to this podcast, Popping Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Spotify, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. If you want to send feedback, back couch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. Carmi shares in AAA that while he is cynical about opening the restaurant, he's committing or trying to commit to a positive and healthy response to an exciting new adventure. We've seen this already, correct? When they're talking to the uncle and you see that 
Sydney has a very excited, you know, she's, she's full of, oh, what's the opposite word? I don't want to say hope, but (laughs) she is, um, she's definitely far more optimistic. There we go. Whereas Carmi sees nothing but a himself and everyone else descending into a dark cesspit of misery, anxiety, and constant, uh, constant pressure and self degradation. You're all going to die down here. So much so that this should be fun. This should be, uh, this should be entertaining. But he has to Google those words because he can't reconcile that feeling with his new venture. So he wants to be a part of, or at least inspire that same uh, optimism that Sydney has to her and probably everyone else around him but he he has no idea what really that is because nat's excited tina's excited marcus is everyone is ready and willing to take the risk and he while willing to take the risk is very much uh finding himself emotionally detached His concept of the idea of fun, what's fun for him, was ruined uh, by his family, as it would always end in broken promises or disaster. Why the fuck do you have to ruin it? This is where I be thinking, we don't know that much about Carmine. And if your family, he didn't say my brother, he didn't say my mother or my father, he said my family. There's something about his family, even with the good intention that, that as the youngest truly eroded a lot of his emotional development as a child on top of the other uh, issues, I don't call them issues, but impediments that he had to overcome. He's open to fun, quote unquote, whatever that means, so that he can relate and transfer that feeling to his new, uh, his new outlook on life, trying restarting himself again into that, uh, that mindset. But cooking is not fun for him. It's something he is ridiculously good at, but he himself does not find it fulfilling in that particular way as Sydney does. So he's going to be searching for that. And I think he finds it in, oh, I forgot the girl's name already. I'm sorry. I really didn't even mean to forget your name. I just did not write it down in my notes. I know I didn't. It was like a five second phone call. And I was like, okay. So 11 weeks to open. I like the transition right to Sydney and it's a close-up focal point of Sydney. There's definitely a marrying effect between our two partners and their own struggles around the same goal. Cause she is ingesting just how treacherous 
their idea of opening a restaurant sans pandemic is amidst the uh, increasing closure of restaurants due to the pandemic on top of the competitive nature of the business in itself. It piggybacks off of, of what I've stated prior. Sydney is about redemption and her biggest insecurity is failing. And now she has someone she wants to and can help her succeed. While cooking and perfecting their menu, Sydney realizes having great desserts is a key factor in setting them apart because many restaurants don't have them and suggests that Marcus on his flyer miles be sent to Copenhagen. I love she's like, we're just going to use your white privilege to send Marcus to get some wild inspiration since his mom is stable right now. Something Carmine has also been wavelengthing and that's where they work really good because these things like this, they don't need to have conversations about because it's the simplistic tasks. It's not personal. I don't know what was supposed to be going on with that radicchio salad, but it did not even look tasty to me. (laughs) I will say, I think I'm a little bougie or not bougie, not bougie. That's the better statement there. Some of that fancy food, I was like, ah, I don't know why oranges and radicchio go to good together or grapefruit, whatever the fuck that was and put nuts in it. I'm just like, that's, yeah, I don't think that I'm that much of a foodie. I like good shit. I want to taste good things, but certainly not as adventurous as I would like to be. And I discovered that very recently in London when I went down a food market. I was like, oh, I don't know. It was the one time I was ashamed to be American. (laughs) I mean, it's not the only time, but, you know, the only time in London. He said, I want to make a suggestion after she uses too much salt. Our palates are fucked. She goes, where's the suggestion? And here is, I think, where Sydney's insecurity flares up. Because she's like, oh, you want to send me home? And he's like, well, I want to bring you to Kasama. He wants her palate to be his palate and they don't have the same palate. He's more of a upper echelon of whatever the fuck he does. And she very much is someone who is emotionally i want to say inspired but i feel like that's going to be overused especially because he says he wants them to go out and try to get inspiration although she was almost perfect that backhanded compliment is (laughs) it's like a, a knife to your vagina Especially if you're someone who's a perfectionist. (laughs) And since I've been in that category many a times, like, oh, almost was perfect. Like, bitch, I was going for perfect, not almost. So that's worse than if I just failed horribly, because that means I didn't try that hard. (laughs) Or I could try hard enough, but I was right there. I gave it my all and I still, and then Nigo tell me it was just right there. Ooh, no. That's like when you're about to lose something. 
I don't know. I can't think of a, a good inspirational example, but I'm trying for some reason. And like you needed an 80% to pass and you got 79%. You're just like, fuck you. That's like not getting it feels entirely worse. I don't make up the rules. That's just how it is. Meanwhile, Ibrahim went to culinary school just to turn right back around. And I'm like, uh, sir, that's travel time. I know you put money into the subway just to make your way here. You came out into the cold weather. Um, I think we could have just saw Tina not seeing Ibrahim at the school and got the message. I don't think they needed the actor to show up upside. <laughs> the culinary school mean mug in the facility in chicago people are all suspicious whoa calm down jamal don't pull out the nine <laughs> sidebar and this is a really really irrelevant sidebar but i was watching this video oh god and, and mm, it's someone who is so privileged that they just they're oblivious and i love that he sits next to two people that are absolutely far more you know not privileged <laughs> didn't have the same type of childhood as this privilege and they're much older as well so they be just letting him talk sometimes and i can just tell by the faces that they give they're just like we're not we're not gonna go in because we're a friend but i could tell the comment section's about to fuck you up because he just says stupid shit and you can tell he gets it off of social media because he talks about all the time being on social media you know I, i'm not judging anybody for being on on social media all day i'm not because as mimi told me which is a very valid point some people they really do just zone out on it it's just it becomes things that they go find funny and it's so also all media social media is not bad it really isn't it's how you interact with it um but there are people out there though that interact with it on a negative level and he already like admits to watching people get like blown up uh i apparently there is a a, a twitter out there called fucking fi fuck around and find out which i feel like was taken from us and now is a whole fucking twitter page um <laughs> what will they not fucking steal um but it just really bothered me because as i was watching the the framing and the the camera work in this episode it became very very um obvious they were still having high protocols around uh you know keeping a distance between people not in all scenes but certainly in like kitchens where there there seemed to be some clear indication that hey we take people's safety seriously and this dumb motherfucker gonna be like and he kept saying it well the mask they they didn't help at all and he kept making it kept saying it like he wanted to make a point because he's like yeah everywhere i read i said there you go you read social media like it's the fucking news it's not you read something that was trending you didn't go back and read anything on the government i can't stand people like that and then love to go around acting like they're educated i'm like motherfucker how could you possibly educate it when you don't pick up a book you <laughs> you're constantly filling your mind with mindless things which is fair 
It's your life. You do what you want to do. Don't get on a fucking video and try to tell people, well, the scientists were wrong. Your fucking ass is not right. Okay. The mask would have worked if people would even try to fucking wear them right. Ask the nurses about if the masks work. Ask the people whose lives were in danger if the fucking masks work. Your ass saying it didn't work just means I didn't want to do it and I don't think it was necessary. Because And then everybody came out and said it it was true. I said, no, that's not what they said. It's not what they said at all. Y'all take a half of a statement and run with the rest of it based on what you want to hear. It's not what they said. And clearly you can still see in a lot of public places that they maintain you go to hospital right now you 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 gotta wear a fucking mask they ain't talking about oh man it wasn't a pandemic even uh, ours that lifted the mandate you go into a fucking hospital guess what or you go into certain facilities you still need to wear a mask i actually went to another facility um or not another i wasn't going there i think my sister was going there and it said yeah you have to wear your mask in here so for you to sit around I just, I can't, why are people like this? It's like, why do you want to believe that the pandemic was not a thing? Because it's easier for you because it didn't affect you and nothing to do with you. And all you saw, it was a mild irritant, but you really need to shut the fuck up because millions of people fucking died. Okay. (laughs) Whether the mask was the, was the best course of safety, bitch, I will take a mask any day over none. Okay. And once again, most people didn't wear masks correctly. All right, <laughs> y'all ass was go wearing the wrong mask. That's the issue is people weren't listening. They was like, okay, I got to wear a mask, but they didn't want to wear it. So they was like, let me go get a bandana. Let me go get a cute mask off of Amazon because I want it to be cute. Yeah, people was wilding. They didn't get the masks that were properly the medical masks that we needed. And yes, those did fucking work. I would love y'all to go back to like 17th century and shit as they're dying of the plague. And they're like, hey, this mask will save you. I I think they would be, oh, it's just, and it's just, oh, I, I literally want to, every time he talks, I want to just strangle him out because it's just so fucking privileged. <laughs> Everything he says and talks about. Oh, and, and the only thing that keeps me watching this channel is the other two that I like a lot more. And clearly especially my my boo boo does he he be really looking at him like bitch <laughs> yo funeral i he might even been trolling at that point but i don't think he was i think he was just like i want to stand behind what i want to say and it was like yeah most of the shit you say is ignorant okay i'm off of my tirade and we're on to richie he drops off his daughter that little girl was too young to be dropped out side the home and told to just you know go and open the door by yourself then i thought it is richie so there might be a restraining order and mom was watching from you know the the window we heard about eva i'm glad we got to meet her she said yo <laughs> he said your mom's in a zoom what's that <laughs> she got a promotion and a raise it's not a thing but a place over the it's it's a meeting clearly you know nothing about it i'm waiting for more for richie because he's gonna have to come out of his self-pity party i mean you're not that old you still got about 30 more years to really truly do some shit (laughs) but he said he was 46 maybe not 30 years but he's got at least 20 
You got 20 years to make a good fucking retirement. That's a lot of time. Believe it or not, that's a lot of time. And you can still make changes. And I'm waiting for him to take the initiative instead of, oh, everyone else is, uh, you know, becoming more independent and successful. And it's good. And I'm glad that he didn't like backtalk the mom and that he loves his daughter. But love is one, not enough. You can love your child all you want to. You can say that it is enough. It is enough emotionally for them. But if you are fucking up, which it sound like for the first season, he was fucking all the way up. And then the way you couldn't even get her out of that damn car. No, you need to give her a stable thing, <laughs> a stable environment in which to see and admire you from. Otherwise, she's just going to grow up going men ain't shit. Carmi gets a call from his new boo and they agree to meet up. Sydney decides I'm not going to tell you I'm not going to be at Kasama's. I'm just going to let you go there and order and I'm going to go somewhere else because I like to binge eat and do other things instead of simply telling the man that's not where I'm going to get my inspiration even though that may be where you get yours. And truly, it's not inspiration for you. It's inspiration for me. And I think she she internalizes that. Like, oh, you're sending me home. No, 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 no. I'm not sending you home. This is not a punishment. But she takes it in in that way. And she's even reading a book that her dad's trying to say, hey, you need to have some courage and some confidence if you're going to be moving forward and having a voice like you keep saying that you want. Then turn around and get irritated because he bailed on you for the rest of the day when you never answered and didn't intend to about how you was not going to show up at Kasama's, even though I'm sure bailing on the entire day was not what she intended. Probably just, you know, going around doing a little taste. I think maybe she, he, she was annoyed by the fact that not only was he bailing, it was like, Oh, keep, good job on the you know go after the new hires or just take the day off like bitch we're opening in 11 weeks what do you mean take the day off there is no there's no taking the day off don't you understand where my mindset is but no he doesn't because you don't talk i know you lack that confidence and you feel inferior and subpar to your mentor but the conversation highway goes both ways and when communication breaks down thus the traffic jam begins on the other hand Carmi consistently leaves her to do all of the tedious hard managing work like hiring posting flyers checking the online ads she's Olivia Pope in this situation she's the fixer and he relies too heavily on her and not only that abruptly <laughs> Uh, you know kind of puts things on her based on whatever's going on in his personal life I did like to see Sydney visiting real Chicago restaurants maybe sent me the compilation thank you on Instagram she's watching how the business is run she's learning she's asking for advice she's listening she's doing the things that one should do so that they have a 360 overview of what to expect going further going forward 
And Carmi's like, we're going to fucking wing it. <laughs> she is told repeatedly that having a partner you can trust is essential. Carmi trusted explicitly probably too much because she can't stand on three legs. She sure as shit can't stand on four. But I think he has one leg in and one leg out. So that's where my three-legged analogy comes from. Whereas Sid believes she trusts, she believes she trusts Carmi because she wants to, but knows dang well he's a ticking time bomb of issues. Very brilliant, very troubled. I'm glad he's opening up, but three episodes in and we haven't even mentioned his brother or mother. Well, we did mention his brother, but we never really went further into that. He hasn't really truly done any work in that direction as far as reconciling his suicide we don't know what's going on with the mama but there is a familial history with this restaurant that involves a lot of uh contentious incidents in his past that she doesn't even know about nor has she even tried to seek that shit out (laughs) i know if i was going to partner i'm like let me go ahead and look into michael let me i would so be bringing up all the documents where she's searching all them restaurants but like how do i open sealed records (laughs) also really shitty that it's common for partners to steal all the money and bail leaving their partners high and dry on top of bankrupting their dream that's fucked up my favorite chef that she visited of course was the black chef because she had the funniest response and she's like oh yeah what you you know i'm not doing it like i'm, I'm glad you did solo you're going solo well you know i kind of have a part i have a partner uh oh what's your what's your net share oh no not like that we just work together wouldn't let that shit happen to me though finally finding some courage she calls carmy but he doesn't answer so she calls curls she calls marcus mimi i don't think they smashed she was too calm in that uh conversation i'm glad that we squashed that because that was haunting me but now i do get it he's nursing a crush that fox calls him out on and she's just looking for sous chefs and something else to do and agrees to meet later to discuss him traveling she tries to poach some workers on break and is told to scram (laughs) cindy continues on our tour of chicago as she finds what she's looking for in the perfect palette or the perfect plate she sees a mother and daughter before returning to the bear because she wants to do something with that idea to cook except when she gets there carmy is not only did he not answer her call but he's hanging out with the boys and they have knocked down the wall without telling her this is the second of two little confrontations that happen not really confrontations but gaps that i can see uh you know separating our two partners because i'm on both sides of it i like that i love when i can pick both sides of the argument and be like you're both right 
I can see where you're coming from. I can see where you're coming from. And you both have valid points. <laughs> um, Fox says, look, this wall is awful. It's not going to work. There's dead raccoons, roaches, termites. We don't need it. Plus, we're opening a restaurant. Like, I don't understand either how you was not going to need that space. But that is neither here nor there. It's a health risk. So, of course, of course, it needs to come down. But she's surprised, like, oh, it's no longer a facelift. Would have been nice to know about what was happening. It's not so much about the wall. It's about you didn't call me and let me know. I called you. You didn't. And your my phone went to voicemail. What's my importance? I'm trying to be a partner and I'm being told that having trust in a partner is important. Yeah, I can't get you to casually call me about something as big as, hey, we're going to be knocking down this wall. Of course, she's not going to say no. Don't do it. It's just it would have been nice to know so that I didn't come in here and get this huge fucking shock. I think because she feels so insecure about what she brings to this partnership as it's not financial. But at the same time, I'm with Carmi. Every decision doesn't need to be run by you. That isn't in your wheelhouse of decision making because you don't have any ownership in the in the property. Yeah. Um, you really don't have a say in this particular part. On the other hand, <laughs> I do work here and it's just, it's a courteous thing. It's not so much as a decision thing. That's how she's framing it, but it's all about the courtesy. It's all about you wanting to tell me when things happen. And that's not where neither one of them are really at. Because for what she's calling him out on, she does the exact same thing. Carmi, however, he has this issue of shrugging off something. He doesn't fully uh, grasp her own. I, I keep don't want to say insecurity once again, but that's what it is. Her own emotional baggage. Because he doesn't have that emotional uh, wherewithal as he's admitted to even recognize it so he's just more like okay i didn't tell you about a no-brainer <laughs> so next time what do i need to do tell you about something that you know is a very obvious decision to make and it's that tone because he doesn't understand why she is upset that he gets upset and while he does give the sorry gesture I knew that shit was going to come back. He also is a little, he's throwing out the attitude because he doesn't know why he's in the doghouse, especially as she blew him off at Kasama's. Because uh, that's got to be fucked up, right? You sit at the restaurant, you text someone, you're like, I'm at Kasama's. Where are you at? They don't answer. Five minutes later, five minutes later, five minutes later. Okay, I'm going to order now. Five minutes later, five minutes later. Okay, maybe not five minutes. Clearly, it was like three minutes. Three to five minutes. I'm going to say three to five to ten minutes. And there's no response. And then you go, well, I'm going to bail today. And then your response is yes. 
you liked. You're going to be looking at the phone like, oh, so clearly you didn't want to do this with me and you're happy that and you didn't want to tell me that or you didn't say anything about that, but you like, I would be fucking confused. Like, what? What? I don't get it. <laughs> it's like when someone ignoring my text messages for how you doing and I'm like, well, I'm going to bed and then they like, well, you like, what the fuck? So you just ignored the rest of my texts? Also, I think he was genuinely happy to see her. Um, maybe that was a bit of a stretch, but I noticed that he's never eagerly affectionate physically. So I was surprised by him reaching for physical contact when he came in. Like, oh, let me, I gotta, I gotta show you this. You know, and then he kind of put his hands on her and he's kind of like, wow, look, 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 looky, looky. Um, and it's something that, I don't know. I, it's just a weird moment only for it to go the way it did. And I got to say, Richie kind of stood in for all of us. You need to settle down and mind your business. Okay. One, never have a conversation that's uh, a private conversation next to a whole bunch of people. <laughs> Even if they don't know what you're saying, they know something ain't like they can read body language. Uh, and then... Also, going back to Sydney and why she was upset. I'm out here putting out flyers, trying to trying to hustle sous chefs, and you're knocking down walls? And you couldn't even tell me you were knocking down walls? Uh, so, yeah. She goes outside and asks for a favor from a friend. She goes to cook in the friend's kitchen. However, is disappointed that despite her entire day searching for what she wants, she can't make it because it's missing whatever she had it was there but now it's just starting to elude her grasp um that's kind of how art works so i understand her frustration and she was kind of derailed after finding that because of her relationship with her partner and it's really breaking down to the communication portion these are very proud private pragmatic <laughs> people and while the the side of things that are very uh pragmatic they excel at it's the other two that they um they rather they rather suck at they suck really bad uh that's all i really have to say towards this episode but I do like um, how they are traversing everyone's mental headspace, even if it's just touching base with like Tina being disappointed about Ibrahim, you know, Richie still realizing that he's becoming more and more isolated, particularly when it comes to success. And even Marcus falling a little further into a crush that's not reciprocated <laughs> and um yeah carmy being and wanting to to find something that is uh that is going to lead him to a happier feeling about or a, a, I don't know, I'm still working that one out. I'm not going to voice that one because I don't fully 
I feel like I need a few episodes more before I can give a better analysis of where Carmi is at. Which is a good segue into feedback. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. This is my uh, feedback for The Bear, Season 2, Episode 3. Um, I finished listening to both the uh, podcasts that you put out for The Bear, so I'm all caught up. Um, and I, But I watched Episode 3 last week sometime. Um, I know that I really, really enjoyed it. I don't know what it is about, um, you know, centering the episode around Sid. It kind of gave me more of a impression of the type of a person she is and it seems like she knows quite a few people in Chicago like uh food industry um I I'm trying to understand why like this is the thing that I'm like trying to figure out like I know they're working on the menu um I know they're trying to make this like a destination like in Chicago but what I don't understand is like, are they just gonna say fuck it to the fan, like the 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 base of people that already go there? Like, I know if I go to a mom and restaurant, I don't expect to spend eighty seven dollars on a meal. Um, if y'all were the beef and y'all had those type of things, like why why wouldn't you still have those? Like, I get adding something nice to the restaurant, but revamping it and making it a completely different type of restaurant especially because it's still in the same area where clearly like restaurants like that it sounds like if it's kind of crime infested they they have a like a the like the people in that area don't have as much money so i'm i'm just trying to figure out why they are changing so much like I think that it would be nice to incorporate a different kind of like I mean maybe even if it's just like during the like maybe at you know on the weekend maybe they have different meals or something like that but to completely just scrap everything and start over like the people that normally go there the people in the area who you know maybe use that food for their work break or um, went there with their family on the weekend you know every Friday because they have games and they don't want to cook that, that that's not going to be something that's feasible for them so that's the thing that when as I see them trying different type of food and I well I should say Sid trying different types of food and uh, they're at Carmi's place like working on you know recipes and stuff that's what I'm thinking about because the type of food that they plating up that's not the same type of shit they was making before so y'all just completely disregarding the people that made y'all establish establishment what it was and you know live in the area um it's all great and stuff to to want to you know one of those Michelin stars that they keep talking about but also um not everybody can afford to go to a Michelin star restaurant and what about those people? And and if you're turning that restaurant into that, what happens to the the area when it gets gentrified and all these white people want to start moving in the area because now they think it's upscale and fancy? And that's happening all over the place. 
um, especially in urban areas, because I don't know what it is, like, people love being around, you know, urban people, like that culture, but they don't really want that culture, they just want what it represents, or like, you know, that it's trendy, or it looks cute, um, even though, for the most part, you know, being black, and, you know, being, living in an urban area, living in inner city, is literally people's lifestyle it's not something they just pick up and do every now and then I just I don't know the more I'm thinking about this the more I'm kind of like I don't know if what y'all doing is the is the best idea um I don't know um, but what I will say is I did realize last episode that Carmi gave her um gave oh my god what is her name Kate Katie I want to call her Katie, but is it Catherine? I don't remember what her name is. It doesn't matter. The girl. Um, I did realize that he gave her the number to the restaurant, but I figured it was probably because he didn't remember his phone number. I, something that I'm getting as a theme is Carmi's not very good with numbers. <laughs> um, he might have not been that good at school. Maybe that's why he decided to go to like at like you know traditional schooling, like a university. He went to culinary school maybe because you know, regular school wasn't feasible for him, I don't know, he's definitely not good at math, so I'm thinking maybe he's not really good with numbers, so I didn't know if he taken as him giving her that, the wrong number on purpose, I thought maybe he did it because he's always at the restaurant, and also because maybe he don't recognize, that he don't know what his real phone number is, <laughs> um, he had just given that number out, and it, it sounds like he probably gave that number out a lot because of all the, the people that they had to call for all the things that they had to do. So it's probably maybe the only number he remembered. Um, I don't know, and I don't know if we're supposed to know. Um, I did think it's funny that she called him out on it, and she was like, before we do this, like, do you really want me to not have your number? That was, you know, respect. Like, she was like, I'm a grown-ass woman. I can handle rejection. I'm not taking this man's number if you don't want to give it to me, like. Ain't nobody about that life. I think that's all I have to say about that. Um, I wanted to just clarify. I don't even think I brought it up last time in my feedback. But I don't mind the the whole, you know, rekindle flame type thing. And I feel like it, the way Carmi is, somebody from his past is probably the best he's going to get. He never does anything outside his restaurant. And I feel like even if he saw somebody he was attracted to, he's so riddled with anxiety, he probably would never talk to them anyway. So this would be good for him. I, I, I will hold my opinion of the character until I know more about her. Because, I mean, I thought their banter was cute. Um, you know, her, like, you know, saying, like, the, the whole thing about the... Uh, bet you a million dollars you don't remember like that was cute but I don't I don't really know her yet um and I just it's weird to me that she's like thirsting so hard over Carmi I don't know why that's weird to me I just think it is like <laughs> clearly you guys haven't talked in a really really long time and you're a doctor and you know he is a chef what why are you why do you want him so bad I don't know I I just need to hold my reservations right now um, it, and it sounds like, uh, she knows his family, so they clearly have known each other for a long time, so we'll see how that goes, um, but it was weird, like, she wanted him to help her move, like, I don't, I don't know why that just struck me as strange, like, 
you got his number. You you called him, and you worked so hard to get his number because you want him to help you move. You don't have anybody else to to help you with that. Y'all just re, like just met up after decades of not talking to each other like a couple days ago. Like I don't know why, but that whole scenario was weird to me. Um, and it it, it must have really been just that because by the end of the episode, Carmi was back at the restaurant. Um, so you know, I guess we'll, we'll see where that relationship goes. The other thing, um, I really, really enjoyed was seeing, um, Sid's dad, Robert Townsend, Robert Townsend was, is his name. I love that actor. He's in one of my favorite movies of all time, The Five Heartbeats. Shout out to that movie. Um, I liked him. I hope we get to see him again. I enjoyed the reminiscing of the, um, the, his, um, wife, Sid's mom. I, I know that was the previous episode, but I never brought that up. I just wanted to bring that up. Um, and the last thing I just, how is Sydney packing up all that food? Like she weighs maybe 110 pounds and she's tall so that's like she's very slim but she was eating so much at all these restaurants like girl like when Carmi uh like changes uh the plans after she had ordered all that food um and so the way she was just digging in I was like okay she gonna be full as hell maybe she'll maybe she'll pack it up and bring it to him later okay cool but then she kept going to these different restaurants because I, I mean I guess in her mind she was like well the plan was to to you know reset my palate so I'm gonna do it and then she went to these restaurants with people that she clearly knew um in the business and she was getting advice from them um the one thing I will say though is that I get her like presenting herself like telling people that you know her and Carmi are partners like I get that they're like partners in the what actually um is gonna go down with the menu but she can't really think that they're business partners like you have no stake in this you didn't give up any money you're not an owner so I don't know I guess her saying her partner and talking to that one chef um, you know, you know, what happened to that restaurant, like, it shut down because, you know, I had a business partner who packed, took all my money in Hawaii, and it happened. You don't have any money in this, honey, so, like, I, Sid, I love you, but you can't really think that you and, you and Carmi are business partners, like, I don't feel like he should have to run things by you, um, it's his business, it's his money, and basically, if, like, if something really bad happens and they don't come up with any profit in the 18 months, Sydney's not really losing anything. Like she doesn't have she she has to get another job, but so does everybody else, but you're not like you don't have any kind of monetary stake into this um actual business. Um this restaurant belongs to Carmi. So I don't feel like he has any obligation to tell you you know what he plans on doing when it comes to his business it would have been nice to let you know what the plan was especially when he finally got back and he was going back to the restaurant I think you know telling her you know I'm finished I I got everything I needed um I I did what I needed to do I'm back at the restaurant that would have been nice but he didn't have to you know I, I don't know that um I think that that's gonna be a rift between their um 
in their relationship because I don't think that they have clear definitions of what is expected of each other and what their actual business partnership entails. Um, I think Sydney is under the impression that she has more stake in this than she really does. And until her and Carmi actually have a conversation about that, that's probably going to be something that's going to get between them. Um, I don't think Carmi has no problem including her, but I don't think he has any obligation and I don't think she has the right to be upset with him, which is where I think feel like this is going. Um, I am looking forward to doing like, you know, a little dive into all the characters so we can see what's going on. Um, I'm very curious as to why the one chef doesn't want to be go to culinary school. Does he feel like, you know, school isn't his thing? Does he think he doesn't need it? It seems like he wasn't doing well and maybe he's scared of failure. I don't know. But um, I, I, I like where this is going and I can't wait to, to dive into episode four. So I will end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair, grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, me, me out. That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. She already sent me episode four. Um, you actually clarified something for me, and I'm glad because that actually makes more sense um, <laughs> that I misread that scene completely and uh, does make a lot more sense because I thought it was uh, I thought it was weird too that she would blow him off. But no, she was at Kasama's and then he blew her off. That makes so much more sense. Why didn't I get put that together? Maybe because I thought she was the blue and or no, I knew that she was the blue man. Wow. I wrote that wrong. So wrong in my notes. But because you clarified that perfectly. Yeah, actually, that ties into the end scene much better. And I think now I'm tipping the scales just a bit um, more on Sydney's side than I was previously, even though I think what you also stated uh, about what her role is in this quote unquote partnership hasn't really been defined. But I have feelings about that, too. So first, um, first about that. Okay, so yeah, you told me to meet you somewhere and you didn't even show up. You blew me off for someone else. Okay, yes, that's a problem. Especially if we're supposed to be working towards a goal together and I truly do feel like I need some inspiration. Um, got you. So, of course, when she gets back later on and you've kind of stuck me with oh, you can go do whatever. And then here you are making decisions about the restaurant. I get it now. She feels when he doesn't talk to her or include her even in a very obvious decision, she she gets upset wrongfully because he doesn't understand it's coming from her believing that basically Carmi has everything. Like you just pointed out, it's his restaurant. Uh, he's got the Michelin star. He's the one with the immense talent. In a lot of ways, she might be like, what What do I fucking bring to the table? Basically, I'm here because you want me to be here. And now it doesn't even feel like you 
are including me in decisions i'm just going by sydney's brain right now i'm not saying she's right saying this is what her thought process is and so she gets upset and takes it out in the wrong manner but you're correct in your assertion that this is going to cause a rift because the same thing it's like uh yeah you're not it's the same thing i say you kind of don't need to other than common courtesy he doesn't technically need to tell you that but the caveat to that in my opinion anyway is that honestly i don't think that he would be opening a restaurant if it wasn't for sydney's desire to do more with what this place is and also with what his talent is so in my mind while certainly it hasn't been defined and they should uh in a little bit more ways i guess they could but in a way it ha- between these two people um they he he fully realizes i don't know i'm I'm trying to wrap my head around what i'm thinking because all i'm thinking about is first season of how much she was trying to say she was trying to inspire for lack of a better term to really exploit his own talents for the betterment of the community so on and so forth and that we'll get into your first comment as well because that's the one i actually kind of disagree on but um at the same time the entirety of season one and even now he puts the burden of running this business on sydney's shoulders and to a lesser extent particularly with the financial and the legal stuff on his sister's shoulders he does not fully truly take any real um connection to everyone and i mean if you think about what's the heart of the restaurant right now it's not carmy it's not richie um right now it seems to be sydney she seemed whatever for whatever reason you don't have to agree with it or whatever <laughs> i think we all love sydney i'm saying for people who, who don't like that she's at the heart of this when she doesn't have the financial stakes because i could definitely see people being like well here she goes she thinks she does everything she don't need to be there. no people react in ways that doesn't necessarily mean we're reacting to the thing in which we are upset about at that moment it's about something else and it is in a continuous cycle with carmy you do the hard work you um figure it out you know they're not getting any sous chefs that's a big problem and she's tackling this problem what is Carmi doing about that problem? But it's their restaurant. It's not. It's his restaurant. You're correct. And if the stakes fall, Carmi's really the only one financially out, but she's emotionally out. So while they both are coming, their investment is different. I think their partnership is true in the sense of one very much cannot function in their goal without the other so it's not even needing to be in the same realm of how we feel a partnership and i do think that that was basically what happened at the end of season one when he agreed okay so we open a restaurant that was him saying i know what you want i want to invest in what you want and i want you to do it with me 
So anytime you put that out there, you're, you can't not act too surprised that someone would be like, okay, you didn't tell me about knocking it down. And then you made another good point. Well, what if knocking down that wall, maybe we could have taken a section out of that wall. Maybe we could have used this side to sell some of our old product, uh, to offer to the community. She could have had an idea, but because she wasn't allowed into the conversation, she wasn't even allowed to offer anything that was opposing that. So it's, I'm fully with both sides of the argument, but that's what makes us human. (laughs) We don't have to choose which side of the argument. (laughs) We need to evaluate how we could better understand the other person. That is where we're getting so confused. And I am talking about the human species right now um, is we all want to pick a side. And yes, I'm so with you, Fred Johnson. It's a dream, but we all have to pick a side. Yes, we do in some sense, but it doesn't mean we should not or ignore the uh, where the other person is coming from so that we can find a fucking compromise. Um, so yeah, that all makes more sense now that she's the one was at the restaurant. She was the one getting blown off and he blew off because he's trying to find uh what he thinks is missing which is his overall uh emotional investment like he's got the financial part but he's not emotionally invested she's got the emotional investment and she doesn't have the financial part um hmm where was i at in my notes here he was oh i was talking about ibram So I think that Ibram is one of those, I've been doing this job for 30 something years. I know how to do what I did good, but I never really, it feels like with Tina, she always aspired to be more. Whereas Ibrahim's like, yeah, this was just a job and I got good at it. I don't think he necessarily aspires to be more and wants to be more. And he doesn't, he's being dragged into kind of marrying Richie a little bit into this century but he's also I mean he's just he he does he's not ready for it he's overwhelmed by it uh everything's moving on without him everyone's in a, in a similar somewhat similar place but um that's where he's coming from he's just he's he 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 he. but just remember too when he was trying to cook for family meal and it was disgusting he's not a chef he he's not a cooker i don't think he has the same cooker i don't think cooker is a word is it but he doesn't have the same acu Ooh, i want to say acumen as the others and he he knows it uh yep that was me agreeing about you being right about you know why does she need to tell you about something about the business but i think i've went to enough of that you're right about sydney she definitely i think though the thing it is people are willing to offer their knowledge if you ask i don't know if that was showing she had connections so much as she's willing to go into these successful businesses and watch what they do to make themselves successful talk to the owners talk to the staff figure it out especially if you're going into a business of your own because a lot of people go into self businesses i watch them all the time i got family members to keep doing it 
and they don't they do no retcon they just go i have a dream and i'm my passion is gonna lead it no it's not it's really not um and the fact that she's doing that once again we flip back to carmy who's very much not invested in that part doesn't have that stress on him also my sister was 110 pounds for like 10 i mean from the time she was till about 30 even probably until about a year ago she could eat whatever the fuck it's it's if you have a high metabolism you can you can eat a lot and still be really skinny i mean she, some people eat like that and they just go but then they get all that food and what they do is they're ta- they're uh taking bites they'll take two or three bites here two or three bites there two or three bites there i actually eat all that fucking food i know because i watch the uh, food channels where they clearly do that <laughs> i'm glad you pointed out that that was robert towns i kept looking at his face in the last episode going you look so familiar and while you remember him in that movie i'm going meteor man i love meteor man he was meteor man our our, our <laughs> one of the very few black superheroes we got <laughs> i'm wondering if carmy is dyslexic if i dyslexic um that's a question because they keep bringing up and it seems to be a clear point about him not being able to do math i don't think it's like a jokey joke i think he really can't do it um as far as (laughs) dragging her for being thirsty you said for three episodes i do not see her as thirsty um not at all (laughs) have you never had like a crush that you haven't seen in a while and then you're like oh shit i used to really crush hard on you and then you meet them after a while they're single you're single i just think that she's showing her obvious interest in him i, I don't think it's thirsting like i got thirsting would be to me how i view thirsting is showing up at the restaurant the next day to see how he's doing not that's thirsting or hanging out at his apartment or calling him three times that's thirsty or sending him a whole bunch of texts i think that i mean she's at her job clearly you know she didn't wake up in bed and was like "Ooh, i was thinking about you she she waited a time in her shift and was like let me call this boy he's cute i kind of been on my mind uh and then she called him and then she was like oh and then i'm sure richie's the one that gave the phone number because <laughs> richie's that kind of person I kind of don't trust Richie and this is because there was a little bit of a look that Richie gave at the end even when he just said that Ooh, I don't think he likes that that uh that she's his partner I I'm just he seems like the one to naturally be there and technically not technically actually Sydney completely supplanted him um do I think he's got some weird but I think that he's willing to do whatever to not make that partnership as tight as it is not do whatever you know what i mean but i think he's just more like yeah my cousin doesn't need to be you know just listening to you and if this is a childhood friend so on and so forth like you were saying um he's like yeah how about another female who's close to the family um be someone who's invested in this i don't know uh (laughs) i don't know richie that much but based on his season one performance i wouldn't put it past him 
But I don't, I don't, I, I can't, I don't, I do not subscribe to that she's thirsty. I don't think it's weird that she asked him to help out to move. If anything, it's, you're not going to ask Carmi to let's go out to a restaurant or let's go get some cappuccino. Or I think because of the familiarity, I think because of the fact that they knew each other clearly as kids growing up and they're still on good terms. This is an easy way to spend time together um, in a in a setting that's relatively private while also, you know, other guys are probably going to be there to help. So it's it's a loose setting for a date, so to speak. Um, I've never asked anyone to come over and move for me because it's never been an option. But bitch, if I could, <laughs> two birds with one stone don't seem too bad, too bad for me, at least. <laughs> uh, and then the last point I wanted to talk about and I'm not, and again, you live in Chicago, so this might be a little bit of more personal, um, personal opinion about gentrification and all that. And I think that, that that's a, always a catch 22 for me because I, I'm, I'm an analytical type of person. Cause I'm thinking if a business is a business, it, you know, my business right now is failing. <laughs> I know you were talking about. You know, what about the people around that can't afford this and that, that, that's not, that is never in my practical mind, never consideration for my business decisions that I don't owe the public anything, not a damn thing. I don't owe you this restaurant being here. And truly, if it was that beloved, then more people would actually fucking be here and it would be profitable. Those are those old popping places. The ones that are not successful, they're going to be turned into exactly what uh, uncle is trying to turn this thing into a parking lot. Um, so I, I understand in a lot of ways how making a business successful in a, in a place where it isn't the, the, and I don't know too much about the constructs of uh, yes, it, it, from what I saw season one, it seemed like it was a little bit of a roughneck neighborhood. Uh, but having a place there, I mean, that was the reason why they went in Harlem uh, during the Harlem Renaissance. So to say that gentrification only breeds, yes, the negative side of <laughs> people coming in, buying up the business, trying to make. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of issues with that. But it also is a lot of issues with living in a place in which there's crime everywhere and no one comes here or can be anywhere around here because people shooting up in fucking windows. That's, that's not okay. I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I don't know as much about it to really act like I'm an expert on gentrification because I'm not, but I do think in a practical sense that while yes this seems to mean something to some people change happens and it should never be um it should never be impeded by nostalgia nostalgia holds us back it's why we have fucking 50 million screen movies and now they're coming up with the nostalgia is the impediment to progress and so pediment is it impediment or pediment I never know. So for me, all I can see is 
to people coming from this neighborhood speaking more about what people from such circumstances can do and keep that and maintain that and i'm sure there's things that are going to happen around it but you can only control what you control and i think bringing a place that was a shithole and a mom and pop place and bringing prestige to it which then in turn like you said brings prestige to the culture there's the backlash of that but there's always the progress of that too understanding culture is how we understand each other um and i don't think that one should not want i I mean no one gets in the business to not want accolades i could sit here all day and say oh i don't want to i don't want to star at work bitch i didn't work all this time this hard not to want to star at work that's just me trying to be humble i want a fucking star i want the they don't give out stars but you know what i mean i want the bonuses i want the stuff these are natural things that one should want and earning money on top of that so i think if it was like a a truly uh a truly neighborhood type of thing like the bar in um because i think you watch shameless yeah because you said you watch shameless because uh this guy lip is in it uh so like the bar that's a different situation like people are here it's a profitable business people just want to buy out and that to me is different than it's a shithole let's turn it into something that is worth something let's bring the accolades from san francisco and all those white herbs that keep getting it and bring it to the heart of where we are and prove that where you come from doesn't negate you becoming the best to me that's a more profound message than let's continue to service the crackhead community because they can't afford to uh to eat here (laughs) oh because you know that's that i don't think that that's gonna i don't think that that even would really help because it could clearly it's only breeding worse at least that's what I see in the the last couple of uh, episodes. So I, and then that's the other thing you were saying about um, how they could sell things like, why, that doesn't mean they have to get rid of everything. Who says they're getting rid of everything? Maybe that would have been something Sydney brought up. That goes back into why she may have wanted to get a call about the wall. Like, well, wait a minute. If we knock down the wall, what are we going to do? Or have we considered this or that and the other thing? It's a lot of conversations that we ain't seen happening. Um, That's a good question, though. There's nothing to say that they wouldn't service that. I mean, well, if you're going for high scale, you wouldn't really sell sandwiches in the back. But maybe you would. I don't know. I have no idea. I still can't even picture the layout of this place. So I, I'm, <laughs> I have no idea what their plans are in the future. But I think that that ties into. I think that you can both things can be still be attained. Um, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. But I think you bring up some good points. And honestly, if you know more about gentrification let me know because i i don't know i only know one neighborhood that it happened for and i can't say anything negative about it (laughs) it was the best fucking thing that ever happened to tremont and it made sense because it was close to downtown and it got rid of all those crackheads 
and they had to go somewhere else. And now that neighborhood, I can go from my mom's house and drive through there and not have to worry about being robbed at night. You know, I, it's, it's uh, I always say it's a catch 22. It's nice as fuck. Really, really can't afford to live there anymore, though. So that's the part of gentrification most people kind of hate. But I'm like, that shit was going to happen. I mean, at least it happened in a place <laughs> that's going to make money for the city. Uh, I, I know. I swear, part of me is Republican. When it comes to certain, like, money. <laughs> money, business, things like that, man. That's why I never can. I'm like, shoot, I think I'll be straight up Republican thoughts. But great feedback as always. Last and certainly not least is Queen Shy. Hey, Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for season two, episode three of The Bear. Um, this one was a very interesting episode. Um, <laughs> we had two people having awkward, or four people, I should say, having awkward conversations over the phone. Um, Marcus and Sydney and carmine and claire um for the carmine and claire thing um just yeah he the fact that i i don't understand why he gave her the wrong number because when claire explained it it was like yeah why why would he do that 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 makes zero sense but to me if some dude is giving me a fake number whether i know his friends or family or not I'm not calling them. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. I mean, to me, that's a sign that uh, I should just move on, keep it moving. So whether I know you or not, um, whether I know your family or not, I'm not calling you. I mean, once I realize I got your, that you gave me a wrong number. But for some reason, this girl is kind of thirsty for him. Um, so that'll be interesting to see their backstory because they didn't show him going to help her out with the um, with the moving. So that was kind of curious that we didn't get that because um, I was hoping to get a little bit more backstory. But we just saw um, this was more of a Sydney episode. Um, but I will say, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I personally, I mean, I think Claire is cute, but I'm not feeling it right now, but maybe I need them to be together, but that phone call was just painful to me, um, and so was the one with Sydney and Marcus, and I'm with you, I don't think that they got together, I think Marcus likes her, and maybe he made a move on her or something, because I just, I don't understand the awkwardness between them. Because last season, they seemed to be fine. And now, this season, there's this weird thing between them. So, I don't know if he he's crushing on her or whatever the case may be. I don't know. I mean, it's just a weird vibe for them, too, as well. So, I'll be interested to see how that pans out. Um, if we get any more details on that. Um, but man, I will say two things on this episode. One, man, this food was looking good. It was making me hungry. I had to eat some chips while I was watching this episode because I was hella hungry just looking at the food that she was eating. 
Secondly, damn, she was eating a lot of food. There is no way I could eat that type of, I mean, that quantity of food. Um, and one day, um, hopefully, maybe she didn't eat it all. Because I'm like, it seemed like she had like eight meals in that day. So, and then she topped it off with a ice cream sundae. I was, there's no way that I could eat all that. And if that's something that's that that they need to do in the restaurant in- industry, no wonder a lot of them are of the bigger variety cuz you got to eat food. You're you're a foodie. You got to be a foodie. And yeah, I love food, but not that much. Not to where I can eat like that. Um or if I did eat like that, I would be weighing 300 pounds. So there's that. So we got um, Sydney going around testing out foods, getting advice from people. People are, you know, giving her the 411 when it comes to opening up a restaurant. She's looking at all these dire situations that went on with other restaurants that had to close down for one reason or another, the pandemic or whatever the case may be. But, I mean, to me, I would think that those are the things that you would have looked into when making the decision to open up a restaurant. You would already know the likelihood, the statistics of it all, or what's been happening with other restaurants in town and the neighborhood you're in and all that stuff. And, yeah, I mean, those are things that I don't... I'm hoping that she's not looking at as they're doing it but that that was part of the the decision making prior to going all in so um it's not the time to be thinking about all that now or looking I shouldn't say thinking about looking into all that now um (laughs) you're already in you're already in there so I think uh, what else happened in this episode What's the guy's name? Abe, Abram, um, the one that was with Tina. So he's, I guess, not not showing up to the cooking, uh, to the school, culinary school, for whatever reason that I'm curious to know about as well. Um, what something must have happened in his past that's got him shooketh. So interesting to know that. Um, I think that's it. My son just came home, so I don't know if you can hear his loud music in the background. But, of course, that's the first thing he does is let it be known that he's home. Um, I think that's all I got. Um, this was a good episode. Um, it wasn't my favorite out of the three, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh, maybe because I enjoy looking at all the food. I always love that um, when it comes to this show. Um I think that's it. On that note, until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. That was Queen Shy with her thoughts on the episode. Y'all two was comparing notes. I guess I'm out on the the thirsting for Katie or Claire, whichever her name is. I feel bad because I don't remember her name. <laughs> not because I tried to not remember. I just blanked on her name. I didn't even, I don't, that scene was so fast. I didn't feel awkward. I'm, I, I guess I'm just gonna be the odd man on. I didn't even register the number at first. 
You know, I wasn't paying that too many attention to what number he gave. I feel, I, and then <laughs> it wasn't a fake number, as Mimi pointed out. It was the number to the restaurant, which Mimi said it made sense. I, I'm giving out this number all the time. I barely give out my personal number. I probably don't even know it by fucking heart. I probably got was given a phone, and that's how I communicate with people. Th- this is someone that we're dealing with who admittedly is a virgin. Um so no i don't think that (laughs) she's thirsty and if anything she's making her and i think because of carmy being the way he is the same thing with sydney showing up if you want to make a comparison on your preferred candidate she came in and got his attention by clearly defining what she sees in him you're what are you doing here you're the you're and that seemed to have made an impression on him. And her continued faith in him seems to continue to make an impression on him to take his talent and do it for something that he always wanted to do, now has the means to do and feels like he finally has a potential uh, or has a partner that he would want, or at least I think he I think he does, want to do it. Because like I said, that whole thing with I got to confront or I gotta tell her that was everything he went through and she was the last thing I always go back to that last episode and then where we are right now because it's not been that long but since the meantime they've clearly had conversations um and they got to that comfortable place this is someone who hasn't seen like you pointed out someone for a really long time and you know they might need a little extra help figuring out that yeah I'm into you but I don't (laughs) see it as thirsting (laughs) at least my clarification on what thirsting is i've seen thirsty ass bitches this she don't even she don't even got a water gun thing like if you was thirsting you'd be like come over at my place at midnight that's thirsting that's that's you know exactly what you're saying you ain't coming over to your house at midnight to have a long conversation you're going over there to fuck because you thirsty these are what thirsty people do i just think it's just natural flirtation natural crush as you uh since you made the the very good analogy throughout um for our characters that we did focus on but it, it's just that i don't i i, I think that <laughs> knowing you and mimi well enough she's a she's an impediment to what you would prefer and she's caucasian and that doesn't help and that's bias and it's fine <laughs> but i don't i can't i don't see that when i'm seeing the screen uh but maybe i've also been reading things in the wrong and all we could do is agree to disagree <laughs> but i do think she's getting way more hate for the 2.2 seconds she been not hate because i know you're not hate i'm I'm just joking on the hate part but she's definitely being side eyes like we don't want you (laughs) there's something wrong with you why do you like this man that's normal shit guys I would hate to see you and get me around y'all judging me around someone I like stay out but y'all gonna be tearing me up <laughs> oh that tickled the shit out of me as soon as you said thirsty I swear to god I fell out of my chair laughing <laughs> it's 
like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what she is. She's not thirsty. She just likes him. Oh, I'm glad I don't have no crushes. I felt like, yes, that's the scene that I had a crush. And maybe I'll just get it because I've been there. That's also, that could also be it. You know, I had my crush on Bruce Diamond for like, swore like 14, 15 whole fucking years. When we met up, I saw him again for the first time in New York. Oh my gosh. I probably came off thirsty. <laughs> and I, a spoiler alert, it was, this was better <laughs> than, than how I was throwing it out there. Right. So that, that's all I got to say on that. <laughs> With the Marcus thing, I don't think that it's, you're right. I don't think that it's a, a mutual thing. I think it's funny though. That we do have them both getting romantic feelers out there. Like I said, that parallel effect they're doing with the characters. Which tells me that there is an intention. And I will take that into account as I view the rest of the season. That they do want these two characters. It is intentional for them to be spotlighted and compared and contrasted with each other. But Marcus definitely has a crush. And he doesn't... I think that he didn't have a crush at first and then it now he's at the part where he's fully aware of the fact that he has a crush and now he's making it awkward other than that and I thought like I ain't even gonna lie I thought Marcus was kind of on the spectrum um that's not meant to be mean in any kind of way I would hope you would know that but it did feel as if um that awkwardness may be due to that. But I don't know. I don't know that much about Marcus. That's just a guesstimation. Just the same way I'm guesstimation. Being that um, Carmi may be dyslexic. I don't. And I know numbers is not the same as uh, letters. But I think dyslexia can include letters. If I'm. I'll look it up later. I could be very much mistaken. Um. But yeah, now that he's kind of more aware of the fact that he's crushing, I would say that for for Sydney, she's more like, okay, why why is this weird? Why are you acting weird? And then she completely and utterly doesn't want to address it and, and just kind of does the same thing she does with Carmi, which is her her flaw. All of these people have flaws. Um, and I'm glad that they're not making it one dimensionally flawed because i hate that just makes people in fandoms more polarizing <laughs> versus when it's a little bit more messy now some people will polarize it anyway but the 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 show itself is not playing into that type of nonsense the last bit i have to comment on and i i get what you're saying because it's true you should wouldn't you be fully aware of the restaurant and i think she is I don't think that was meant to say, hey, this is the first time I'm thinking about what I'm getting into. It's more like, and maybe because I, I, I relate to these, maybe because I'm neurotic and I have all these anxiety, <laughs> emotionally stunted types of issues that I fully understand that it's not so much as I don't know what I'm getting into. It's, oh shit, this is what I'm getting into. Let me remind myself of what I'm up against so that I push harder. Um, and also people with anxiety, we love to fuck with our anxiety. Like I will watch, I hate fucking being on a plane, but I'll sit and fucking watch air airplane crashes. Don't make no damn sense, but I watch it 
or I'll research uh, a hotel and I'll book the hotel. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to that hotel. And then four or five, six, seven times, I'll continue to research that hotel, the area, what's going on there. It's just a, it's a weird anxiety thing. You constantly re-evaluating, re-analyzing, retouching. It's an OCD thing too. Um, when you're constantly left with that. And I think they're very clearly showing that both Carmi and Sydney have a bad anxiety problem. His anxiety though goes fully negative and then she her anxiety she handles internally. Um which is why he doesn't want to ruin this new thing by trying to find himself some fun. I think I've talked enough it's an hour long. It's way longer than I thought it was going to record. <laughs> Sorry this is out late, but life happens. If you want to send feedback, once again, blackercouch at gmail.com. My social media will be below. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.